Okay, so a lot of you, you know what I'm talking about, what they do. And, they, and when they come and they have the end of the show, we watch the process of the renovation take place, there's this big reveal to them. They say, are you ready to see your fixer-upper? And they, and they pull apart these huge pitcher things off of wheels. And then what do, the, what do the people do? They're all in the home. They're like, oh, right? Oh, they hear screeches. And, and they start walking through, and they're speechless. And sometimes they're even starting to cry as they walk through it because the house at the big reveal that they saw is far more than they could ever have thought of or imagined. They trusted the builders. They trusted the process. And what the end result was a masterpiece. You know, that's the same for you and I. That's the same for us who are in Jesus Christ. You know, over time, we too take hits in life. We too feel beaten and worn down. And our walk with Jesus as followers of Jesus isn't what it once was. Our light has grown dim because the world has taken its toll on us. And that's why I asked you last week when we got getting, we stepped into this series, are you bold enough? Church, are you, are you brave enough? Are you courageous enough to let the master builder who has a process for us to take the raw materials of our lives and build the masterpiece he already sees? See, we need to trust the builder. We need to trust the process. And then God's going to lead us to this masterpiece in the end that he already sees in us. Do you have the guts to go through a whole life renovation. See, I believe that if you're willing to take the chance, I believe you're willing to take the chance of what God wants to do in you and for you, what you will see and who you will be at the end will radically, be radically different and leave you speechless and maybe even bring you to tears because what Jesus has done in your life Jesus changes everything. Think about this. Think about this. How many times have we been, you've been here the first thing, we start digging into the worship and you're singing, all of a sudden tears start rolling down your face. You're singing praises, your hands are up, you're just sitting there, and all of a sudden you start, just start crying and tears are running down your face. Why is that? It's because in those moments, as you're singing those words, as you're singing praises to God, you realize what he has done for you. You realize what he has done in you. And then your life is radically different because of his love. You are humbled. You are thankful. You become overwhelmed. You know, renovations are just, just a part of life. Just like we need to stain the decks, our decks every couple years because they get rotted and fall apart. Man, we need to take some rena spiritual renovations on, in our lives, in our spiritual life. Because as I said, our walk with Jesus takes a beating. And we take on some worldly corrosion. And it's time to knock it off. Amen. Friends, it really doesn't matter why you were here this morning or how you got here this morning. I just wanna share with you that it's awesome that you are here this morning. Because maybe you walked in this morning and you were thinking, man, I do feel trapped. I feel, 
penalized. I feel like an enemy of God. I feel like things are going on, man. I, I just, I'm just not feeling like it once was. Why am I not on fire for Jesus? Well, you're here on purpose. Because this morning we're going to get some more answers. Now, the core passage for this series is actually the core passage for the book of Colossians. It's found back in chapter 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 10. You can find it, see it on the screen. It says, we continue to ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Verse 10, here it is. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. That is God's will for your life. That is his blueprint for those who have said yes to Jesus and no to the world. That when God looks down on our lives, we're living lives that are praiseworthy to him. And when people look at us from the outside who don't have a relationship with Jesus, they're, like, they're singing praises to God because of what our lives look like. like. They're radically different. They're kind. They're patient. They're grateful. They're thankful people. Last week we started this whole process. The whole renovation process by taking a look at the foundation of our lives. Making sure that our lives and our foundation in our lives are built on the one who can build the solid foundation and doesn't break unshakable, and that is Jesus Christ. And I have these bricks up front right here, and we walk through the process. What of a firm foundation, a solid foundation in Jesus looks like, that we are rescued, forgiven, that we have hope, that we are wholly set apart, we've been redeemed, and we are reconciled with a God of all creation. That is our foundation. Our foundation in life is our position in Christ. And when we're in Christ, all those are true. Any other foundation that we try to lay on our own won't last. We'll try to build on it and it will fall. So today, we're going to start digging in. We're going to start digging in, and it's time to start assessing the damage. It's time for us as a church to take an honest look in the mirror and identify what damage the world has caused in our walk with Christ. Listen, I don't blame the world. I fully expect the world to come at the church with everything that it has. The world is growing in its distaste and disgust with God and everything Jesus. So I expect them to come at us with everything. It wants nothing to do with God. And for us to say that there's only one way to heaven, that's through a life surrendered to Jesus Christ, is considered hate speech. So I don't consider the world a problem. The problem is the church embracing what the world offers. The problem is the church taking on the world's views and the world's values and incorporating them into their lives, fully believing that what they're doing, how they're living is what God desires for them. And then he passed me, he's okay with it. 
And when we do that, when we bring in the world values and what it views to be okay, we start bringing it to our Christian walk with Jesus, you know what we end up with? Pseudo-Christianity. False Christianity. We just ripped the power of the gospel right out of our lives because we brought in the world to be at its core. I mean, friends, think about this. Have you ever stopped and thought how much the world has influenced your life? Have you ever stopped and thought about, okay, how much of this world that's outside of what Jesus has impact my life? How do we handle our finances? Decisions that we make, our values, our relationships, what do we deem as successful? How much of the world has been driven into our lives before we came to Jesus? Now, some of you in this room, you're like, Rich, I gave my life to Jesus when I was five. Well, that's amazing. You still got the world pushing you all the way up to kindergarten, okay? Some of us in this room accepted Jesus later in life. I did when I was 28. And I have a whole before Jesus life. And a lot of those things that was driven into me by the world, my friends, society, culture, still try to bleed into my life now with Jesus. Has that much of an impact? Have you ever stopped to think about that? And because we don't, and we allow it to happen, we follow the world instead of Christ. Assessing the damage. Assessing the damage is taking a long, hard, honest look inside to see where we have deviated from the truth. And friends, as we're walking through this, as we're walking through this series, I want to keep this in mind, this renovation process that we're going through is never a one-step process. A renovation is never a one-step process. If you've ever done a renovation in your home, you know it's not a one-step process. A whole life renovation is a step-by-step journey that we're walking through together. And it's going to carry on beyond even this series. As we mold, let the master of the universe mold our lives. Hear me on this. Hear me on this. The personal journey of a spiritual renovation starts with a single step. And today... I'm going to ask you to take it. Are you bold enough? Are you brave enough to take it? Let's get into this. Open your, you got your Bibles open. I already asked you to open them up. Uh, shared last week, you're at Colossians. Colossians is written by a guy named Paul. Paul was a follower of Jesus. And he's writing to a bunch of followers of Jesus in Colossae in the surrounding area who were being bombarded with the complexity and confusing times of an intellectual world. Paul was writing to them for a serious situation that was going on. There was false teachings coming into the church. And it was taking these followers of Jesus and saying, okay, listen, listen, you need to understand where you've gone off track. It's time to come back to where you belong. Because what I'm hearing from other people is you are looking more like the world before you than the Jesus inside of you. And just like them, Almost 2,000 years ago, just like them, we too faced the same realities of the world that we live in. 
very complex, very confusing, very intellectually driven world. And we deal with the effects of our lives, our walk with Jesus shifting. So as we step in this morning, Paul continues to press into them and into us this authentic life in Christ. Look how he starts this off in verse 6. He says, so then, just as you receive Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Let's stop there again. Paul starts this off and he continues to point to the foundation of a renovation. He's okay, just as you started here, stay here. Because any other foundation is a false foundation. Any false foundation is a broken foundation. Any broken foundation is a weak foundation and does us no good. And Paul, in this process of say, pointing to the foundation, he gives us imagery that are walk with Jesus. If we're not careful, we'll walk right by. He says that we need to be rooted in Christ and built up in Christ. Now, I'm not an arborist, a person who studies trees, nor am I Lorax, someone who speaks for trees, okay? <laughs> but I think if we look at a tree, we can see some awesome imagery of the importance of what Paul is saying. So look at this, you see this pictures on the screen, he said the root system of tree is what gives the tree its life. The root system of a tree is what sustains the tree. And the stronger the roots are, the bigger the tree can grow. Trees that are built on, upon roots, they can grow further. Stronger, the bigger the roots of the trees, the higher and the bigger the more tree can become. Well, that's the same for us. This is a perfect image for us. We are to be rooted in Jesus. Jesus sustains us. Jesus gives us life. Jesus gives us security. And the stronger our roots, the deeper they go, the stronger and the more mature our relationship will be. The deeper we go, the more able we're, more we're able to grow. Deeper growth, growth, stronger, stronger endurance. An old saying, I don't know where I heard it, Every time I say it, I want to say it, some of this accent comes out. No root, no fruit. <laughs> I don't know why I threw it out that way, but it did. No root, no fruit. And you've all seen storms around here. The winds around here are crazy. And the trees that get ripped out of the ground the fastest are the ones with the shallow and small root system. They bend to the wind and eventually break. 
See, now Paul goes on and tells us why. Why is this so important? Why is it so important for us to understand that we need to be rooted in and built up in Jesus? Look at what it says in verse 8. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than Christ. Paul was warning them. He was putting it out there and saying, okay, you need to be rooted in Jesus. Be strong in Jesus. Grow in Jesus. Why? Because you're going to have people coming at you. You're going to have the world coming at you with all this junk. And if you're not rooted and if you're not built up, when the junk comes at you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be twisted. You're going to be bent. You're going to break. Because that's exactly what's happened 2,000 years ago. This false teachings was coming into the church, the world, Jesus plus. Look at this, everybody's doing it. Why don't you do it too? And it was taking solid believers. I love Jesus believers. And twisting them. And twisting them. And twisting them. And so what they were living, how they were living, looked nothing like this word. When it comes to you and I assessing the damage in our lives, the world is brought into our lives, we need to understand the damage is done when we are not rooted in and built up in the one. The damage is done, we are not rooted in and built up in the one. You want to find, find out where the damage is in your life. Look through your life through the lens of this book. Look through the lens of this book. Listen, I know it's tough. I know what, what we deal with outside these walls. When you go to work, when you go to school, when you go into anywhere is what we face as a church. Going against the cultural current of this world is like trying to walk against the current of a river. Growing up, we used to go to the Hudson River, uh, which is upstate New York. That's where I'm from. I grew up. And we go to my aunt and uncles. They live right on the river. And we were not allowed as young kids to go out into the river during high tide. Low tide, we could because go out there and it was really low. We can play in there up to our knees. It was fun. But high tide, it came up about five feet higher and the river current was so strong. And because what happened is little kid, you go out there like, hey, look at that. And I was like, <laughs> Where'd Zach go? Well, he's a quarter mile down there. Better go get him. Walking against the current of a river takes hard work. It takes intentionality. That's the same with our walk with Jesus. We're, go, we're facing a current of the, the culture and the world, society. It's, it's crazy strong. And we have to be rooted and built up in Jesus and continue to fight against it. Because if you don't, if you just pick up your feet, you're going to end up places where you don't want to be. So we need to figure out 
We need to figure out, does, does my life, does our life, not the person next to you, but does your life, in fact, do me a favor, look at the person next to you and say, it's about my life. Okay, tell someone else next to you, behind you, in front of you, it's about my life. You have to figure out about your life. And you need to ask the question, does my life image look more like the world or does it look more like Christ? If I was to take this book, the words of scripture, Jesus himself, and overlay it on our lives, we would start seeing where the contradictions were. In fact, I was just reading this morning. It's not going to be on a screen, but I was praying through reading this morning. I went to Psalms, Psalm 1. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or take, or take a seat with a company of mockers, but whose delights in the law of the Lord, the Bible, the word, who meditates on his law day and night. Blessed. God's favor is shown on that person. But it goes on and says, that person's like a tree. Oh, snap. <laughs> a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. You'll never know. You'll never know the damage the world has done to your life unless you pick up the book and read and know the words of life. What is it, like six weeks in a row I told you to read your Bibles? I'm not going to stop. We get beat up, we get worn down, and we get tired of fighting. So bit by bit, the world takes a hold of us. It takes a toll on us, and we start looking like everyone else. We stop looking like the one without blemish that Christ made us when we surrendered life. We don't look holy and set apart. We stop, stop living as people who have been rescued from the dominion of darkness that has been brought into the kingdom of the Son whom he loves. We stop living like those who have been redeemed. We stop living like those who have been forgiven. We need to assess the damage. Look how Paul puts this. He's going to get into our face a little bit here. Verse 20, he says, Since you have died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to this world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are destined to perish with use, are based on mere human commands and teachings. 
Such regulations indeed have the appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Let's stop right there. I don't think it can be any more in our face. Paul is saying, okay, didn't you give your life to Jesus? Didn't you give your life to Christ? Then why do you continue to submit to its ways? Why are you acting like the world that you've been rescued from? And here's the thing. Sometimes we have people in our lives who are followers of Jesus and they walk up to us and they have a conversation with us about things in our lives that are sinful that that doesn't honor God and they're walking us through it and we get offended by them. Like, who are you to say anything to me? I'm going to unfriend you. Even though the Galatians 6.1 tells us as brothers and sisters of Christ, when we see someone in sin, that we are to walk up them and gently restore them. But we get offended. I'm going to leave the church. I'm going to unfollow you on Facebook. So just so we're really clear, this isn't Pastor Rich getting all up in your grill. This is Jesus. He's the one saying these things to you. Not me, I'm just reading his word. And if you got an offense with Jesus, that's between you and him. Everyone in this room, anyone who's watching online, we've all had moments in life where the decision we made ended up in being a disaster that we believed the wrong people, what they were telling us. We listened to those who were whispering in our ears, thinking, okay, that's okay, you can do that. Other people in the church are doing that, so you can too. Or we want to fit in, so we did it anyways, even though we know we shouldn't. We liked what we saw on TV, the latest movie, so okay, well, they're doing it, so I'm going to do it too. So we had that last drink. We lied one more time. We refused to forgive. We tried that new drug. We took on, took what we wanted. We said what we wanted to say. And we gave that person what they deserved. Let me just ask you, when those have happened in your life, when it was all said and done, did it feel as good as promised? No. This is real stuff, friends. This is the world. The things I just mentioned and about a million other things the world said is absolutely fine because it's your life. Do whatever you want. Go for it. I have seen it. I have lived it. And when we chase and embrace and bring on the damage, that's not a world, a Jesus world, where we're rooted in and built up in him. Please hear this. 
what the world is throwing at you at rapid pace, anywhere you look is destined to perish. The life the world is trying to sell you has a shelf life. It's temporary. It's always changing. And I love what Paul said here. He says, it has the appearance of wisdom. But in all reality, the things that are being spoken to you and shared with you are, are shared out of hearts of fools, unbelievers who have no connection to Jesus or a broken connection to Jesus. Back in verse 3 in chapter 2, it says, all the treasures of wisdom are found in Christ, not in the world. If we look back at verse 18, 19, Paul gives us clarification of what we are dealing with. Look at this in verse 18. He says, do not let anyone, anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such person goes on about the great deal about what they have seen. They're all puffed up with their idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom who's the whole body supported, held together by its ligaments and sinews it grows as God causes to grow. Guys, listen to this. What Paul is saying is the world in all of its ways has spiritually decapitated itself from the truth. Has the appearance of wisdom. It may look flashy and new, but there's no connection to the head of life, Jesus Christ. And just like we can't live our physical lives without our heads, we can't live our spiritual lives without the head of all things. So where's the damage? Where's the damage in your life? There are many in this room, we're watching online, that God wants to change our lives. But we are too busy getting in his way. We refuse to listen. We don't want to be honest about what's going on in our lives. At the end of the day, we believe more what the world is selling than the head of everything. Why do we act like the world that we were rescued from? We'll sin. I mean, like, come on, Rich, we all sin, right? It's very honest. Yes, there is sin. The scripture says there is no difference. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But there's just something huge in what we're walking through this. It says, you know what? Redemption, redemption gives us another way. Redemption gives us another way of life. Another path to take. Redemption. We've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. 
just need to choose to walk it. Fight for the life that he has for us. And I know, I know it may seem like a rich, you're being a little bit harsh this morning. But friends, we can't. We cannot assess the damage in our lives if we're unwilling to see what our lives truly are. Understand, take full responsibility in the areas of our life that are damaged. Be truthful to the person looking in the mirror. It's okay. I grab a hold of these philosophies of this way of life. I need to get them out. So if you are serious about this whole life renovation and you desire the life that Christ has for you, you need to assess the damage that you have brought into your own world. So this is what I want you to do this week. I'm gonna ask you to pray. Pray. How simple is that? Pray. Have a conversation with God. Get on your knees. Have a conversation with someone who's so close to you, who's walking with you. James 5 says, therefore confess your sins to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. But you know what? We don't confess our sins to one another. We don't have honest conversations with our brothers and sisters. Because the church has turned into a place of judgment instead of a place of healing. And then read. Read his word. Maybe go ahead, cheat, go to chapter three. We're gonna be there next week. Read Colossians chapter three and identify some things in your life and my life that needs to go. Jesus says in Matthew seven, therefore anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. We pray we read and then we look. We look into the mirror of life and assess the damage. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Those things. This week, pray, read, and look. And then come back next week as we take the garbage to the curb. We all like these messages to wrap up like a tight little bow. Like, oh, it's done. Well, you're not going to get done until you come back next week. Come back as we talk about demo day as we look how to bust the sin 
and the things of the world out of our lives. And start renovating and becoming the masterpiece that God already sees in us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for your word. Man, it is, sometimes we read it and it is harsh and it hurts. But I'm so thankful that you are real with us. That you're raw with us. God, I, I, we walk through this series together as a church. I pray that we will be bold enough together, strong enough together to face what's in front of us. Dig into you deeper and deeper. Become stronger as we go through this renovation process. So when the world keeps on coming at us, we know how to defend and we can be strong. Right now, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. And maybe this morning is, I'm hit, God's hit a nerve. Maybe this morning you walked in and you've got a heavy heart. You've got things in life that you just you used to be prayed for. I'm going to encourage you to come forward after service and be prayed for, be prayed with. Just share the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And we want to lift you up to Jesus. Maybe just in this conversation you're walking through, it's okay, there are some things that I I've already know that need to get out. God, I really need to get this out and, and move it out, man. Come forward. Come on after service and be prayed for, prayed with. Jesus said his house is a house of prayer. God, thank you for not leaving us the way we are. Thank you for loving us so much. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless your church. Have an amazing week.